This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show that is patiently awaiting our ride from this planet to whatever other world exists out there. I think at this point, we're taking anything. Any world, please. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Planet Earth um, is getting a little sketch. Yeah. Well, has been for some time, but... She's been steadily going downhill for a while. Yeah. And I don't... I don't know what it is about 2022, but we're all spiraling. Yeah. Look, this decade, not good. No. The first, this is the third year of this decade. Mm-hmm. 2020 obviously sucked. Right. For obvious reasons. 2021, not much better. 2022, even worse. <laughs> so, listen, <laughs> it's it's all bad. Yeah. If you're one of those people that are like, you know, it could always be worse, like, just stop saying that. Yeah. We went over this last episode. Yeah. We don't want to hear it. Yeah. No. Just because it could be worse doesn't mean it's not already bad enough. <laughs> no. Please check out all of our social channels, which right now really just means uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And Facebook, because Instagram updates Facebook, but TikTok is still... We're still in limbo here. Yeah. We don't know what the fuck's going on, so. Yeah, I've reached out to TikTok multiple times on this issue. I did hear back from them once, but only to verify the username. So after that, it's been radio silence. Yeah. Um, she probably won't be back. Might just have to start a new one. The problem being that it won't let me start a new one with our Gmail account because mm-hmm. the original account was with <laughs> our Gmail. So we're we're in a rock and a hard place here. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, so do that. Follow us on Instagram um, and email us, what if I told you podcast at gmail.com. We have corresponded with our friend... Gerard a few times Mm -hmm. over there in Ireland. Yep. And he's, he's a pretty cool cat. So yeah. Uh, it is Thursday, July 14th, 644 PM. And obviously we had Taco Bell for dinner. Yeah. I mean, obviously it was a Taco Bell day. I mean, There's not a day that goes by that's not a Taco Bell day, but something about Taco Bell just kind of soothes the soul a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, Dakota and I are prepping to leave to go to the lake tomorrow. Yeah. So, I definitely didn't really want to cook a full dinner tonight. No. Dirty the dishes. And then... Leave. Leave. And then hate yourself when you get back. Yeah. So, and I also had to make the potato salad. Right. Which I'm actually actively making. (laughs) (laughs) The potatoes have to cool before I can actually assemble it. So they're cooling while we're recording. Yeah. We're really great multitaskers over here. Yeah. Yeah. I decorated um, my children's room before I came over here. In a very short amount of time. Yeah. I was impressed with myself. I'm impressed. By... I was sweating. Yeah. You know. I'm impressed by anyone who decorates because I do not. 
Well, all of these decorations are all thanks to Whitney and Caleb because they've given the boys some like cool wall art and shit. They're going to love it. The only room not decorated in my house is the living room. Wall-wise. Yeah. There's not that much space to cover either, so I right. should really get on it. Well, I just get really overwhelmed by the idea of decorating because I, like, psych myself out, mm. essentially. And it doesn't help that we are slowly remodeling. Right. So you can't really... Why would you waste money decorating whenever the room is not in its final state? I so that. There's that part of it, but also I just, I feel like I like different things and it's not always cohesive and I don't really have an eye for decor. So then I get overwhelmed and then I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't even want to do it now. So That's fine. this is the process that goes through every time I get it into my head that I'm going to decorate. Yeah. Well, and I think it's kind of cool to have, like, things that don't really have a set theme. Mm-hmm. I like that. I feel like it doesn't need to match. It doesn't need to be a set necessarily, but I want it to, in my brain, I want the room to be a tied-together room. You want it to flow. It, it, I don't want it to look like what my, I don't want it to look like the contents of my brain because that's a whole monkey circus in there. Right. And I don't want that to be what the room looks like. So. It's understandable. So that probably means I just simply shouldn't be the one in charge of decor. Just hire me. Yes. This is, I need to have someone do it for me. Yeah. Because I know, the thing is, I also know what I really don't like. So I could be like, no, I don't like that. Yeah. But to, if you were to ask me what I do like, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How am I supposed to know what I like? <laughs> it's a fucking mystery. It's a mystery to even me. So, there you go. So, since it's been a minute since we've done one of these... I can't. When's the when's the last time we released an episode like this? Like a month and a half ago. Our last alien was Lonnie Zamora. Oh yeah, that's been a while. Yeah. So yeah, so it's Alien Day over here. Spoiler alert! Uh, and we need to shout out the pod of the month with the Deluxe Edition Network. Hold on, I can never remember. The Return of the Living Flit, which is, like we explained, because we forgot to last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a cool podcast. Check it out. Also, if anyone has been wondering what Chip's basement looks like, we don't know either. Yeah, we asked, and he said, no, you can't have a virtual tour. Only in-person tours. And I said, hmm. Sounds suspicious. Yeah. Um, slightly weirded out by that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To be expected, though, from Chip. I think he's set himself up to be that person. Yeah. 
He's probably slowly putting weird shit down there. So when we do see it, it's extra weird. Yeah. If we go missing, um, it's probably my own flesh and blood chip. You know what? They always say it's someone close to you. Yep. It's going to be him. Fuck. You know what? Crime solved before it even happens. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. So we'll just get right into it. Yeah. We are going to be talking about the Majestic 12. We are indeed. You may be asking yourself, what is this? Well, (laughs) sit back because we're about to tell you. Right. Um, You know, it's a nice little government conspiracy thing. It goes all the way to the top dog of the country. Yep. So, you know, the full spectrum. And it actually is kind of encompasses a lot of our very favorite alien conspiracy stories anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So it also, the name of it also kind of reminds me of like the Jason Bourne movies. Yeah. Operation Majestic 12 makes me think of whatever operation blackbriar or whatever it is he was involved in yeah i love the porn movies it's a kick-ass name i like the word majestic of course everything sounds very like top secret confidential if you just preface it with operation yeah i agree everything that should be what our podcast is called (laughs) operation what if i told you that's right Operation Witty. Operation Witty. Operation Majestic 12 is also known as MJ-12, which sounds equally as cool. It does. It absolutely does. Yeah. Um, it pops up a lot when you talk about aliens and UFO conspiracy theories. Clearly. So the organization claimed to be the code name of an alleged secret committee of scientists military leaders, and other government officials formed in 1947 by an executive order by U.S. President Harry S. Truman. Fun fact, Harry S. Truman is from Missouri. Yes, he is. So, I bet y'all didn't know that. Um, I don't know that we necessarily want to really, you know hitch our wagon yeah probably not truman being from missouri but i think you know if he's the one behind majestic 12 what alien activity is happening in missouri that we don't know about well we clearly don't know enough about it because we're here in this town still speaking about it that's true so we'll get to the bottom of it don't worry you guys yeah when you stop hearing from us yeah you You, know where we're at you know where we're at yeah so this little group um was basically formed to facilitate the recovery and investigation of alien spacecraft now the 40s were kind of like a hot time period for alien stuff yes so that's weird yeah what What was it about the 40s? I don't know. I don't know. So the concept originated in a series of supposedly leaked secret government documents 
first circulated by ufologists in 1984. Ooh, 1984, huh? Excellent novel. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I read that in high school. Probably. It's a pretty typical high school English class assignment. So, like we said, the story of MJ-12 goes back to 1947, but as far as supposed hard evidence is concerned, it begins in 1984, if you are confused about that. Yes. So, documentary producer Jamie Shandera is said to have been reading a magazine at home when a mysterious envelope was dropped through his mail slot. The envelope, bearing a New Mexico postmark, contained a roll of undeveloped film. Um, He was not a ufologist himself, so he supposedly took the mysterious film with him to dinner with a friend um, who was an avid conspiracy theorist, and this friend's name was William Moore. Once Moore heard Shander... (laughs) What? It's just funny. It's like, once more. Oh, (laughs) Oh, God. Once Will (laughs) heard his strange tale, he apparently ditched dinner and went to his house to develop the images. Obviously. Yeah, he was wasting zero time. Yeah. So the pictures were not of people or places, or aliens, but of eight pages of classified documents. Whoa. While they weren't exactly the candid shots of an alien autopsy that um, they had obviously hoped for, the top secret pages told an explosive story that, if true, not only confirmed the Roswell incident, but also detailed the people behind its research and cover-up. So, literally, this is hit and heavy. Yeah, this is, if this happened to me, I would be terrified. Yeah, because also, who the fuck put that in your mail slot? Right. I don't know. The most prominent file was dated 1952, and it described a number of UFO encounters, including the Roswell crash, from 1947 on into the 1950s. While these descriptions all seem vague enough to be easily dismissed, the real gold in the document was the revelation that President Truman had appointed a committee of scientists, government officials, and military men, the Majestic 12, to figure out just how to deal with the Roswell crash and any other alien incursions that might occur in the future. And um, these were the original Men in Black. First of all, wild. I have listened to so much shit about MJ-12 and, like, you know, Men in Black. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. What's really... First of all, have we done an episode fully dedicated to the Roswell crash? I don't think so. No, we've just mentioned it in other... Yeah, we talked... Obviously, we talked about it in our very first episode ever. (laughs) No one listened to it. That we might need to, like, redo. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to be those people who take down... Take it down. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Some people legit do that. They'll, like, not like their first few episodes, so they, like, take them down and redo those stories or whatever, but... 
Yeah, if anyone I know ever, like, like for example, one of my sister's friends, my sister suggested the podcast to one of her friends, and I, like, suggested an episode that she start with, which mm-hmm. for me is always Ed Gein. Huh. Or, I really liked our, um, Berdella episode. Okay, yeah. And... There's one more I always suggest. It's not coming to me. So then when they go listen to episode one, they're like already like hooked and know that it gets better. This is kind of a trick that I use whenever I like recommend TV shows to people. For example, Trailer Park Boys is kind of the one that I always do this with. If somebody's never seen it at all, I always tell them to start with season... I usually say season six, which is really late in the show, Mm -hmm. but that's the first season I watched, and it's, the production value is so good, the characters, I don't even remember what the fuck they're doing in season six. They're doing some cool shit, all the characters are at their tip top, Mm -hmm. so if you watch all of season six, you fall in love with them, and then you can go back to season one. Right. And watch it all the way through. And you appreciate it. And you appreciate it. Because if you just start cold open at season one of Trailer Park Boys, you probably won't watch more than one episode. No. No. But, I mean, I guess it's kind of, that's kind of how The Office is. If you just are going to start season one, episode one, you're not, the weird thing about The Office is... The inside jokes start immediately. Mm. So (laughs) you almost have to catch up even though there's no show that you've missed yet. Oh, weird. But eventually you get the, you know, I don't know. I kind of like it because they already just assume you know them. They're just coming in like, you know us. Yeah. These are our jokes. See, when I start podcasts specifically that are in no order... I don't scroll all the way to the bottom to, like, start from episode one. I'll, like, go, like, mid-listen because I know the quality on episode one is probably going to be shit. Mm. And if I start there, I give up so easily. Just like like an audiobook. If, like, the first 30 seconds is, like, not perfect, I'm like, no. But. Yeah, I, I am a perseverer in situations like a podcast for example I'm starting at the first episode no matter what yeah it doesn't really bother me I just don't I just do not I don't know what it is I start at the very first no matter what and audiobooks I if I start it I'm finishing it yeah well I mean with podcasts for me if it's not like season one season two like one event or whatever, mm-hmm. I won't like start at episode, you know, 20 and listen to the end up to 30. Like I'll listen to 20 and then like go back and listen through chronologically. Yeah. But I don't know. But we should do an episode on Roswell specifically. Yeah. I was, when I was writing this, I was thinking to myself, I could have just gone to our catalog and looked, but I, I didn't. It's kind of hard to, when I look through our list, like our episode idea list I'm like have we done that one already but we're in like episode like looking at our like yes this is episode 65 but we've done a fucking lot of shit 
Yeah, we've done a lot of things. And there are more episodes in our iTunes list because we've added bloopers and whatever. Right. But this is our 65th, like, fully written episode. Yeah. Yeah. We should revisit, like, Area 51. Yeah. And do that. Because I feel there's there's tons of shit to talk about when it comes to Area 51. Yeah. And we focused really heavily on Bob Lazar when we did Area 51. Yeah. So... He's talking to the dogs. <laughs> so, according to the documents, members of the original MJ-12 included Dr. Vannevar Bush. That's a fucking cool name. That's yes, a first name. I'm, whatever I get next, its name is going to be Vannevar. Yeah, and you could, like, just abbreviate, call him Van. Yeah, that's cute. That's so cute. Oh, I love it. I'm going to name my firstborn child Vannevar. Perfect. <laughs> Um, an inventor, an engineer, and head of the U.S. Office of Scientific Research and Development. I left a vowel out of that word. (laughs) 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 Development during World War II. So not only does he have a cool-ass fucking name, but dude's also hella smart. All of those things. All of the above. Um, There was also retired Admiral Sidney Sewers, um, who was the first director of the CIA. That's wild. What a fucking way to live life. Jesus. first director of the CIA. We're about to be the second directors of the CIA. (laughs) (laughs) And Dr. Donald Menzel. Um, He was a... Theoretical astrophysicist and avid UFO debunker. So clearly a lame. Yeah. I would, I feel like if you're a theoretical astrophysicist, you're into UFOs. Yeah, I am theoretically whatever I want to be. So. <laughs> <laughs> theoretically? Um, oh, God. So. Shandera and <laughs> that little squeak. That was so cute through headphones. Shandera and Moore would spend years trying to verify and validate these documents um, that had just fallen into their laps, while word of the Majestic 12 spread among ufologists and believers. Obviously, you can't keep something like this under wraps. No. And the existence of a secret government cabal working to hide and control our first contact with extraterrestrials was just too juicy to stay buried. You know, it could have been a contract as well. <laughs> Although, how do you legally bind a Uf- like UFOs or aliens? I don't know. They, they could just be like, you know what? No. We, we are not members of your legal system. We are not bound by the tenets of this contract. This is a theoretical contract. <laughs> Um, So the document's claims began to take hold both in the UFO community and in the larger culture it touched, worming its way into the standard alien conspiracy narrative. Yeah. So the UFO community, they're like, we're fucking confirmed, yo. I'm trying to be, like, legit a part of that. How does one become 
Like, let's say a ufologist. I'm because, it. listen, the ologist part makes it sound like you are a scientist, an immunologist, right? A cardiologist. These are all doctors of said medical field. So, is a ufologist a doctor of UFOs? There are college programs in ufology. Fucking sign us up. Damn. I'm officially going back to school. (laughs) (laughs) How do I become a ufologist? With pictures. Why do you need pictorials? Probably because you're trying to become a ufologist. (laughs) I wonder what a ufology class is like. Become an alien hunter with free online course from Harvard. (laughs) What? I'm clicking on it. Is that legitimately... This article was written in 2015. (laughs) I mean, that's... (laughs) It starts out with... (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Haven't been finding enough alien life lately? (laughs) Never. Maybe Harvard can help. Um, it's a new course that combines astronomy and biology to examine, examine how we look for life on other planets. Cool. Um, let's see. Thanks, Harvard. The course is called Super Earths and Life. Huh, okay. Super it was Earths. a website created by Harvard and MIT. Well, I believe it. Yeah. It's uh, taught by Demeter Sasilov. Okay. This is legit. Yeah. Demeter? Yeah. Hmm. D-I-M-I-T-A-R. Demeter? <laughs> it sounds like a Lord of the Rings character. <laughs> oh, God. It's probably Demeter. I feel like that's the name of goddess from Greek mythology. It is, I think. But it's yeah. D-E-M-E-T-E-R, I think. Demeter? Yeah. Yeah. I think she was like the goddess of plants? I don't know. Now I have to look it up. Demeter. Oh, God. Why do people name... That's a weird name to name your child. Although that last name sounded Russian. Okay, ancient Greek religion and mythology. Demeter is the Olympian goddess of the harvest in agriculture, presiding over crops, grains, food, and the fertility of the earth. She is the sibling to Hestia, Hera, Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus. Oh, and she's the mother of Persephone. This is why I knew Demeter. I read a book that was like a Hades and Persephone retelling. Mm. Those are getting popular. Yeah, I actually borderline hated it, so. But, you know, there it is. It was just, um, the smut level was just unnecessary. Too much. Yeah. Yeah, they tend to get that way. I know. I know. It's TikTok. It's, that's, that's why. It's TikTok. Yeah. TikTok recommends, they like to say it's fantasy, and, you know, I've been reading fantasy my entire life but when i say fantasy i mean lord of the rings 
or anything Brandon Sanderson, Wheel of Time. When TikTok says fantasy, they mean smut with magical creatures. Right. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> no thank you. I mean, a little bit of smut is fine. Yeah, I don't if, want it's a whole book. You know, whenever it makes sense with the story. Right. But I don't want to, like, just randomly, all of a sudden, boom, there they are, doing it. Yeah. What? Huh? Yeah. No. It's too, it's unnecessary. Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. Anyway. It's time for the history. So, the history. On May 31st of 1987, it was widely reported that a British ufologist named Timothy Good claimed to be in possession of 1950s era UFO documents. Now, it is rumored that these documents revealed the secret committee of 12, aka MJ-12, aka Operation Majestic 12. Right. Um, supposedly authorized by Truman in 1952. To explain Roswell in July of 1947. I didn't realize that Roswell was in July. Here we go again. It's July. God damn it. How do we do this? How do we keep on doing these things? I just think it's because we clearly have otherworldly powers. We definitely have a certain level of ESP. And... I think that connects us to the extraterrestrial way of life. You know what? That's true. Case closed. Because how many episodes have we done this? Unknowingly. I think Bryce Laspisa. Yeah. Gabriel Fernandez. Yeah. Maura Murray. Yeah. Fucking Tupac. Yeah. We covered that like a handful of days after his birthday. And there's been a few more. There's been others. We're ready. Hey. We're on to something here. Something's yeah. happening. Yeah. So, anyway. We, at this point, we could start a cult um, because you are, we are essentially prophets. And we all know that every good cult has a prophet. Right. I will be your second, so you can be at fault for all the terrible <laughs> things that she is shedding culpability immediately. <laughs> but you know what? Fair. Yeah. You know? That's a certain level of foresight that a person needs in their second. Right. Because, I mean, like, we choose these episodes together, but you are the one who puts the outline together. Yeah. So, it's really your fault. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolved. Thank you very much. If you need me, I'll be taking my Harvard online course on ufology. <laughs> you know, you should definitely take the Harvard online course and then just start telling people that you went to Harvard. I will be the new Dr. Stephen Greer. That's right. You're going to be Dr. Emily M. <laughs> Harvard. Yes. Instead of having like PhD after your name, like a typical doctor would or MD, you're just going to have Harvard after it. <laughs> and that covers all the shit. That covers all of your bases. Yeah. I'm going to have to get a pantsuit. 
Yeah, and you're going to have to get a ball cap that just has the crimson H yeah. on it. And wear those together. Yes. <laughs> I am getting a blacked out Escalade now. Of course you are. Duh. You guys, she went to Harvard. Yeah, so everyone watch the fuck out. <laughs> Please. I am slowly harnessing the power I deserve. <laughs> I love it. See, so many things are happening right now. Okay, so the documents. Timothy Good, he thinks or he is rumoring that he has these documents in his possession. He's like, hey, everyone, I have the shit. It shows that Roswell happened. It's been concealed. Right. And that the U.S. is hoarding alien spacecraft technology and could use this technology, exploit it, and engage with extraterrestrial life in the future. This is what he's saying these documents are, are alleging. So, this kind of ties in, obviously, to all of the threads that are weaving together and going out into the public to spread the story of the Majestic 12 that emerged in the 80s. So, this is 87. The envelope in the mail slot incident happened in 84. So, this is three years this shit has been out here ruminating. Right. The 80s are popping off, obviously. So, at this point, ufologists fully believe that there is a cover-up of Roswell. Which, true. I mean... it's. I mean, it's fact. It's facts. And they speculated that there is a secret upper tier of the U.S. government responsible. Which, obviously... Fact. Who else could be responsible for that? No one. Yeah. Shandera and his colleagues... One in particular, Stanton Friedman, along with Bill Moore, say that they received anonymous messages, not just the mail slot envelope, but they also received anonymous messages that led them to find what has now been called the Cutler Twinning Memo. This happened in 1985. So... While searching declassified files in the National Archives, purportedly to be written by President Eisenhower's assistant, Robert Cutler, to General Nathan F. Twinning, and contained a reference to Majestic 12, and the memo is widely said to be a forgery and was planted as part of a hoax. Could be. But... Who knows? Who knows? That's the that's the fun thing about aliens, dude. Who fucking yeah, knows? Who knows? Uh, this memo is thought to be a document briefing Eisenhower on Operation Majestic 12 uh, soon after he had been elected president. So, I mean, Shandera and Friedman and Bill Moore say that they found this in the National Archives. Well... I believe Bill. I feel like it would be really weird if someone wishing to forge this memo actually gained access to the National Archives. Can you just get in there? Um, 
I'm going to say no. It feels like you shouldn't be able to get in there. No. Kind of like the Vatican. You can get in the Vatican, but you can't go down there and touch all the old shit. Right. They won't just let you go in there. Yeah, they're not just, like, letting people do this off the street. Right. So I feel like if this was a forgery and it was planted as part of a hoax, a higher-up who had access already would have had to have been the one to do it. Yes, exactly. So either way, people are conspiring. Mm -hmm. We have a conspiracy on our hands no matter what. Don't trust the government, y'all. That's right. Never. Never. Okay, so now we're moving on to historian Robert Goldberg. He wrote that ufologists came to believe the story despite the documents being, quote, obviously planted to bolster the legitimacy of the briefing papers. Listen here, Rob. What a lame. Stop taking the air out of everyone's sails. Yeah. Is it hurting anyone? No. Who's like, you know what? I just want to ruin people's day. Yeah. Obviously, Rob. You're you're really taking a piss here, Rob. Thanks, Goldberg. Jesus. So, anyway. Um, let's see. A man named Richard Doty claimed to be connected to the United States Air Force Office of Special Investigations. And he told filmmaker Linda Moulton, Linda Moulton Howe, I don't like three named people. No. I don't like the three names. No. Pick two. Anyway, so Linda Moulton Howe, that the MJ-12 story was true. So Richard Doty's out here like, yo, it's true. And he showed Linda unspecified documents that appeared to prove the existence of small, gray, humanoid aliens that originated from the Zeta Reticuli star system. That's where we're trying to go. That's right. It sounds super chill. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) Uh, Doty reportedly promised to supply Linda with film footage of UFOs and an interview with an alien being. What? But the footage never materialized. Yeah, imagine that. He was probably... He was probably killed! Yeah, he was probably fucking offed, and the little VHS he had was set on fire. Exactly. They melted that shit along with his body. Yeah, and then sent him off to the Zeta Reticuli. Yeah, exactly. So you might be asking yourself, what exactly is the Zeta Reticuli? Because I saw this term and I was like, is this, re- is this a real star system out here? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, so the Zeta Reticuli is Latinized from a symbol that I obviously can't say because <laughs> it's try. a symbol. It looks like a cursive Z, actually. What kind of sound would that symbol make? <laughs> And that's obvious. Um, so the ZR is a wide binary star system in the southern constellation of Reticulum. From the southern hemisphere, the pair can be seen with the naked eye as a double star in very dark skies. So we can see it from here. Based upon parallax 
measurements. Fun fact, BT Bam has a series of albums called Parallax. Everyone and, look it up immediately. Yeah. There's Parallax and Parallax 2 Hyper Sleep Chronicles. I don't know. They're very, actually, very spacey. Well, makes, it's all making sense. It's all making sense now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so based on the parallax measurements, this system is located at a distance of about 39.3 light years, which is 12 parsecs. Don't know what that means. From Earth, both stars are solar analogs that have characteristics similar to those of the sun. Hmm. They belong to the Zeta Hercules moving group of stars that share a common origin. So, we know some shit about the Zeta Reticuli. Yeah. Star system. I think Chip could get on get in on this. Chip... Uh, we need you to do a semi-deep dive on the Zeta Reticuli. Yeah. I would like for you actually to create um, a a model version of this star system. Yes. And present it to us immediately. Yes. I'm going to need you to get on that. I want it to be like a full moving model. Yeah. So figure that out on your own. With an, is... with an alien, please. Yeah, you have to have a model alien. And listen, we could probably live here. It says characteristics similar to those of the sun. If there's a sun, then there's probably planets orbiting that sun. Right. And one of those planets probably mirrors what we have going on here. Yeah, as long as it has water, I think we're good. As long as there's oxygen and water, we can live there. Yep, we got this. So... I mean, our days on Earth could be numbered. They are very numbered. Either way. We are moving... Well, they are. <laughs> we have a finite amount of time here. But you never know. The aging process could be completely different in the Zeta Reticuli, and we could, you know, live forever. Who knows? Do you think we would slowly turn gray? I feel like we could pull off gray skin. Yeah. I mean, I'm already pretty pale... So, we could go gray. I think we could go gray. Yeah, as long as we could pick a cool hair color to go with it. I'm going to pick blue. I will be choosing purple. I thought you would choose purple. So, that would those are great options for gray skin. I agree. You have to, since gray is kind of like the absence of color. Yeah. You have to go with abundant color right with your hair would we get new eyeballs as well if we get new eyeballs they have to match our hair do they because yeah. i was gonna pick like well my eyes are green but i was gonna pick maybe like green green <laughs> <laughs> i did a hand gesture <laughs> we will be posting a picture of that on our instagram <laughs> it, it really showed the intensity of green i was going for but I guess if I have blue hair, I should have blue eyes. Yeah. Maybe like an icy blue eye. What if our eyes could be sparkly? Like a glitter eye. <laughs> we are like far from glitter people, but I no. would like some glitter eyeballs. Yeah, that's the the only part of my body that I'd ever consider putting glitter... I don't want glitter on my actual eye because I feel like that's an injury waiting to happen. 
<laughs> but if my eyes could sparkle. Right. In an actual sense, not a theoretical sense. This has taken a, a weird turn. Yeah. We've so got to move on. Now I'm crying a little and the tears are stinging my eyes. The cheesy double beefs are really setting in. I'm feeling very heavy. <sighs> okay. I only have one more paragraph to get through the history. And this is just to say that it did not take long for distrust and suspicion to set in within the UFO community itself. Imagine that. They just are disagreeing left and right over the authenticity of MJ-12 and the documents. Which is lame. Which is lame. I mean, come together. Yeah. This is a time to unify, yeah. not divide. Whatever the Beatles said. <laughs> what did they say? Well, come together is like one of their songs. Come together. Right now. Over me. I don't know that that applies. Well. I had to sing my way through the lyrics. <laughs> And it it does not seem to apply. Um, I am the walrus might apply to this a little better. You know, I was just thinking their vibe in general. Like, Mm. let's just agree to disagree and keep moving forward. Yeah. Or like in the the words of Grizzle from Parks and Rec, wouldn't it be dope if we could all just be chill to each other? (laughs) (laughs) It would indeed Uh, be dope. Yeah. All right, on to investigation, since yeah. this six-page outline has, uh, we're only halfway through, and we've been recording for... One hour. <laughs> what? <laughs> 51 minutes. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so, who is Class? Um, well, I was supposed <laughs> to talk about Philip J. Class oh. in the preceding uh, okay. paragraph. Keep going. <laughs> um, he is a, UFO- a ufologist debunker philip j class and he was accused of being a disinformation agent (laughs) what a fucking square yeah (laughs) lame all right so class um investigated these mj12 documents and found that robert cutler was actually out of the country on the date he supposedly wrote the cutler twinning memo and that the Truman signature was a pasted-on photocopy of a genuine signature, including accidental scratch marks from a memo that Truman wrote to Vannevar Bush on October 1st, 1947. He um, dismissed theories that the documents were part of a disinformation campaign as, quote, ridiculous, saying they contain numerous flaws that could never fool Soviet or Chinese intelligence. Yeah, so when they say disinformation, they mean the government sending out these memos so that other countries will intercept right. and think that something's happening that isn't. Yeah. Other discrepancies noted by class included the use of a distinctive date format that matched one used in Moore's personal letters. And a conversation reported by Brad Sparks in which Moore confided that he was contemplating creating and releasing some hoax top secret documents in hopes that such bogus documents would encourage former military and intelligence officials who knew about the government's alleged UFO cover-up to break their oaths of secrecy. That's very deep. The plot thickens. 
So the FBI began its own investigation of these supposed secret documents and quickly formed doubts as to their authenticity. The U.S. Air Force Office of Special Investigations stated that no such committee had ever been authorized or formed and that the documents were, again, bogus. Um, the FBI subsequently declared the MJ-12 documents to be completely bogus. <laughs> the word, the use of the word bogus throughout this whole thing is... Bogus. Bogus, <laughs> first of all. And quite literally, we'll post fo- the photos of the documents of course. on our Instagram so you can see. Literally on these documents, the word bogus is just written diagonally across it just in huge capital letters bogus i feel like that's not super professional well it doesn't seem very official either like no it's handwritten over these documents i feel like they should have a stamp that just says like hoax or fake or whatever bogus just sounds like fucking seems the dudes from Biodome are the ones investigating it. Yeah. It seems very, like, slangy. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, later in 1996, a document called the MJ-12 Special Operations Manual circulated among ufologists, and it is also widely considered to be a fake and, quote, a continuation of the MJ-12 myth. So... Linda and Stanton Friedman believed the MJ-12 documents to be authentic. Friedman examined the documents and argued that the U.S. government had conspired to cover up knowledge of a crashed extraterrestrial spaceship. spaceship, Of course. Duh. According to the journalist Howard Blum, the name Majestic 12 had been prefigured in the UFO community, when Bill Moore asked National Enquirer reporter Bob Pratt in 1982 to collaborate on a novel called Magic 12, spelled M-A-J-I-K. Because of this, Blum writes, um, Pratt had always been inclined to think the Majestic 12 documents are a hoax. So again, that's just like more lame shit. More lame shit. More people just out here being super lame yeah like just have some fun okay yeah scientific skeptic author brian dunning investigated the history of the subject and reported his findings in the 2016 skeptoid podcast episode the secret history of majestic 12 and he cited ufologist bill moore's suspicion that rather than a hoax perpetrated by the ufo community The papers were actually part of a disinformation campaign of the U.S. government meant to deflect attention from secret Air Force projects, which, Mm. let's be honest, he's probably right. That's, yeah, that could, that's closer to the mark. Yeah. I mean, sure. Uh, Okay, so rumored members, we've got Lloyd Berkner, Detlev Bronk, first of all. Reminds me of a basketball player named Detlev Shrimp. All right. Cool. <laughs> I mean, you don't come across the name Detlev very often. No. Um, Vannevar Bush, our old friend. James Forrestal, Gordon Gray, Roscoe H. 
hill encoder. <laughs> I love a Roscoe. <laughs> Especially a Roscoe hill encoder. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jerome Clark Hunsaker, Donald Menzel, Robert Montag, Sydney Sowers. Is that Sewers or Sowers? I said Sewers earlier. Sewers? Sure. Nathan Twinning and Hoyt Vandenberg. These sound like great men. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I, uh, you know. Well, whatever. Mean. So, okay. So, there, we're going to go through some theories. These are kind of ufologist theories on right. MJ-12. Now, one thing that the ufo community has maintained is that the documents are authentic and they point to the way that the word bogus is written over all the documents the believers beg the question what better way for the fbi to dispel suspicion than to leave the entire document unredacted good point it's like a hiding in plain sight sort of thing if they had redacted any of the document it would have given legitimacy to the fact that at least some of it was true. Mm-hmm. And if some of it's true, then maybe all of it's true. Right. But if they redact none of it and they act like they don't care about the information, then people will be like, you know, maybe it is fake. Yeah. So we have a little bit of that happening. It makes sense. That's that's what some of the UFO community believe. And you know what? I'm inclined to be in that camp as well. Yeah. I mean, we've already talked about the bogus thing. Yeah. It's bogus. We should get a bogus stamp. Oh, my God. We should. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing it. It's it's already in the Amazon cart. So, certainly the most contentious issue in the 66-year history of ufology is that the MJ-12 saga begins in, with the 1947 crash and recovery at Roswell. Soon after that... President Truman instructed Secretary of Defense James Forrestal, also one of the one of the twelve, to set up Operation Majestic Twelve, a blue ribbon top secret panel headed by Manavar Bush, a leading Manhattan Project figure and creator of the Memex machine, which is a forerunner of the modern day computer. I didn't know that. Damn. Memex machine? I'm gonna look that up and see what they look like. So researchers contend that the MJ-12 committee eventually brokered a sit-down between space aliens and President Dwight D. Eisenhower, during which an agreement was reached to enable alien studies of human biology via abductions and animal mutilations in exchange for use of extraterrestrial black technology that would lead to later developments like the B-2 stealth bomber, And later it suggested that John F. Kennedy's threat to reveal MJ-12 negotiations was the prime reason for his assassination. Hmm. What? Hmm. That theory is going deep. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. JFK killed because he was going to reveal MJ-12. Well. I believe it. I'm sold. Debunked. (laughs) um let's see i don't know why i wrote this like this sometimes i write things late at night and then i read it and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) hey 
previous self. What is this? <laughs> uh, so the bullet says, who should be thanked for the post-World War II boom in communications like transistors, lasers, fiber optics, microchips, uh, superconductors, and miracle materials like carbon fiber? Question mark. According to Philip Corroso's book, The Day After Roswell, these were all reverse engineered from space, from alien spacecraft. We know this. And that's obvious. Yeah. Too bad we um, haven't released any reverse engineered technology that would get us away from using the combustion engine in our vehicles. Yeah. I mean, have you guys seen gas prices? Yeah. Why aren't we using the propulsion technology that Dr. Stephen Greer talks about? I just think the insurance industries aren't ready for it. I just think that the petroleum industry is not ready to let go of that cash. Oh, absolutely not. I need to get gas tonight, and I'm going to be sad about it. I have to get gas probably tomorrow, and I'm sad about it. Yeah. Okay, so we only have two more thoughts to go. This one, an anonymous source claiming to be a retired Defense Intelligence Agency official outlined a post-Roswell exchange that in 1965 sent 12 Americans from Nevada to the alien's homeworld known as Serpo. I love that name. The eight who returned in 1978 were kept at military installations for six years. What the fuck? We need to look that up some more. So, okay, so 12 Americans left in 1965. They stayed for 13 years on Serpo. And then... And only eight of them came back. And then they had to stay at military bases for six years after that. That is a long fucking time. 13 years is a long-ass time to be on Serpo. Wherever the hell that is, in the Zeta Reticuli. I'm Googling Serpo. Yes. That's pretty wild. Um, And while the most well-known theories about the American government and UFOs focus on findings from crash landings like Roswell, um, secreted away at sites like Area 51, researcher Paul Benowitz believes he intercepted communications proving that the U.S. already collaborates with aliens at the underground Dolce base near the Colorado-New Mexico border. A man named Thomas Edwin Costello said in an interview circulating on UFO sites that based on his experience as a security guard at Dolce, a race of reptilian workers performed manual labor under gray alien supervision. Listen, there is a documentary that you need to watch called Above above majestic or beyond majestic i think it's above majestic and it talks a lot about like reptilian people Mm -hmm. it's super good also have you heard of the gaia channel i think so so dr stephen greer is on there a lot Mm -hmm. and one of the things that popped up is project serpo and the zeta reticuli exchange program and there's shit about it on gaia whoa we're gonna. It's three. It's eleven ninety nine a month. The fuck? Yeah. How are all of us unsuspecting civilians supposed to get our necessary UFO info if they're charging twelve dollars a month just to hear it? 
I mean, that's almost as expensive as chicken. <laughs> I mean, why are we gatekeeping all of the UFO information, people? I don't understand. Just please, you know, sell merch to make your money. Don't don't put it all behind a paywall. Right. <sighs> so, the takeaway from this. The government knows about aliens and yes. UFOs. Yes. And the other life outside of the earth. Yes. And they are covering it up. They want to act like it's not a big deal. Exactly. They think we're all going to freak out. But what they don't know is us as Americans would not be shocked if an alien was walking down the street. No. I mean, it might be a little weird at first. But at this point, I mean, fuck it. Yeah, I think uh, enough wild shit happens here with just the humans. Yeah, aliens cannot be any worse. We will not be, it, there will not be riots in the streets. Everyone will be like, you know what? I suspected. Yeah, you want to come in for some tea? Yeah, it tracks. Yeah. You know. Yeah, they're probably much more civilized than we are. Yeah. And if they have already found us first, then they clearly are more advanced than we are. So we can be like, hey, can you solve this, like, climate issue we're having? Right. You know? Can you, like, clean up our oceans? Do you have any, like, shit that will just do that? Great, thanks. Yeah. You know? I think... I think the government is really just hindering our progress. Exactly. Of course they are. Of course they are. They they can be blamed for most things, honestly. Yeah, I'm going to start blaming all of my problems on the government. Literally all of them. You know? Oh, here come the fucking cicadas, or the locusts, or whatever <laughs> you want to call them. Uh, dude, it, it was fucking 98 degrees today. It was too much. Yeah. Yeah, and I do not mean Nick Lachey. I mean <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> Were you ever into 98 degrees? Was I into them? Absolutely not, but I know yeah. who they are. I was never a 98 degrees fan. I don't no. think I even know any of their songs. I did like Backstreet Boys as a child, though. When I was like eight, nine years old. I don't remember being eight or nine years old. I know, we've had this conversation, <laughs> and I feel like maybe you were abducted by aliens, and that's why. That could be it. We're just going to run with that explanation. Yeah. Um, yeah, eight or nine years old, I was definitely into Spice Girls and Backstreet Boys for a time. Um, so, you know. That seems typical. Seems typical, yeah. yeah. I think for my ninth birthday, I got the Millennium CD. Beautiful. Yeah. And I don't know any of the songs on it, except the ty the na the main track. And that's why I want it that way, obviously. Oh, yeah. I will sing that at the top of my lungs when it comes on. <laughs> Although I don't listen to the radio, so it never comes on. Dude, my phone would not connect to my car today, and I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? I can't connect to Bluetooth. I am certainly not tuning into a radio station. No. Drove in silence for like eight minutes. Do you not have like a cord to plug in? I, it was plugged in. It just wasn't. Your CarPlay just wasn't pulling up? Mm-mm. It was probably too hot. 
It was like, nah. My car thermometer said 106 when I got in it today. Yeah, it's because your interior is black and that shit. straight up passed away until that fucking air got circulating, dude. Yeah. Thank God we have parking garages at my work, so I park in a covered garage all day so my car doesn't get hot. Thank God. Although some people still park on the top of the parking garage in the straight up sun. That's silly. I'm like, hey, park in it. Yeah. Park in the shade, you dummy. (laughs) Maybe they're just trying to get abducted. Maybe. They would do it like in the winter too when it would snow and stuff. Like. Silly goose. Did you hit your head this morning? What's wrong with you? Probably. Park under. The cover. Yeah, that's why it's provided. That's why it's there. I hate people. People are, people in their idiocy. I just, you know, can't deal with them sometimes. So, we hope you guys learned something today, and it was really nice to talk about aliens. It's always a refresher, a real uplift to talk about aliens. I kind of want to watch Men in Black now. I never liked Men in Black, I'll be honest. I wouldn't like it if it wasn't for Will Smith. Uh, as much as I dig Will Smith, uh, he could not make up for the rest of that movie for me. Even when I watched it as a child, I was like, you know what? Uh, no, don't like it. <laughs> uh, uh, what did I do? Okay. Um, all right. So thank you to Laura for our beautiful artwork that surpasses all others and ariel who does our music it equally surpasses all others yes it does um please subscribe to the show share the show rate the show five stars on apple and spotify write us a review you know even if you hate it even if you hate it we can take it just rate five stars when you do. You yeah, know? I love seeing our bad review when I scroll down. It <laughs> makes me smile. It really does. Uh, who, who are you, listener, that gave us the bad review? Show yourself. Yeah. I, it always makes me wonder what exactly about it they didn't like. That's. I just feel like I want you to tell me what you didn't like. They just want to be friends with us. You know what? That's true. I was going to say that's it. You know. I always feel like any podcast I've ever listened to that I just didn't care for, I've never felt the need to actually write a written review like, hey, I didn't like this podcast. I don't rate any of the podcasts I listen to. (laughs) (laughs) I've never written a review, but I have rated podcasts that I like. It's really easy, guys. You should do it. So, like... Any of the podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis, which I haven't listened to podcasts in a long time, but I listen to, like, the Prosecutors podcast regularly, semi-regularly. I gave, I gave them, like, a five-star rating. Yeah. Just because I'm like, you know what? You, yes. guys are, you guys are doing some good work here. Yeah. But I've never... There are a number of podcasts I've listened to and been like, that wasn't for me. I'm not... I'm kind of done with this. Yeah, just move on with your life. I've never in my life gone and been like, 
I did not like your podcast. <laughs> so maybe it's someone we know and they hate us and they just really wanted to bring us down. Emily is subsequently <laughs> choking. <laughs> I'm typing like that at work all day tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, goodness. Well, you guys have a great fucking week. Hell yeah. And uh, yesterday was Maddie's birthday. Oh, shit. I forgot that this is coming out the day after my birthday. Yeah. So happy birthday, Madeline. Um, I hope it sucked. Well, it was on Monday. What a shitty day to have a birthday. Yeah. I'm not going to work, though, so it's fine. Listen. I'm not going to work Tuesday, either. We're done here. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end we are done here she just walked out yeah goodbye (laughs) okay so um happy birthday to me and uh uh you know be kind out there and stay weird okay goodbye i almost said stay mean our slogan I feel like you can be kind and be mean at the same time that's essentially who we are that is that is who we are in four words oh wow that was completely organic and everything I needed it to be I'm leaving that in yeah of course (laughs)